Hi, and welcome to episode 141 of Talking with Painters, where Australian painters talk about their lives and art. I'm Maria Stolger, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and as you probably noticed from the episode title, I'm introducing something a little different today. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I've been interviewing Australian artists for about seven years now, not just on this podcast, but also on video. And you can find those videos on the Talking With Painters YouTube channel. And it has been an absolute privilege to be able to meet these amazing painters and share their experiences and thoughts with you. At the moment, though, I'm taking a little break from in-depth interviews with new guests, and the reason for that is that I'm focusing on bringing the YouTube channel up to date. Almost every time that I interview an artist, I also film them on my iPhone, and it started off that I'd edit that and have it online within a few days of the podcast episode, but over the years, I've put those videos on the back burner thinking I'll get round to it when I have more time. But sometimes that time never comes until you intentionally carve it out. So in order to do that, it means putting new interviews on hold for a while so I can get stuck into that brilliant footage that is just sitting on my computer. Now, I might be taking time off the usual interview format, but rather than going silent on you, I am going to bring you some highlights from past episodes. And I'm thinking of covering a few recurring themes. And the first is around art prizes. Because here in Australia, we're lucky enough to have hundreds of art awards open to painters and just getting shortlisted is a great way of getting known in the art world. I've entered a few myself and for artists who are unrepresented, it gives you an aim and a deadline, especially for people like me who are supreme procrastinators. But there's also the great sense of community of going to the show, even if you don't get in, and just celebrating with your fellow artists. But there are also some downsides. And I think the bigger the prize, the more stress involved. And over the years, I've asked my guests about those experiences. So I'm going to start off with a clip from one of my favourite interviews with Prudence Flint in 2017. I should point out that I've done some minor re-edits, so there are some small differences with the original recording, as my editing skills have improved somewhat since 2017. But this was recorded on my first trip to Melbourne, and we were sitting in Prudence's living room with her studio in the next room. And she had work in progress on the easel and other canvases hanging on the wall with preliminary charcoal drawings on them. And you can see a clip of her studio on my YouTube channel, which really is worth looking at. Prudence is no stranger to art prizes. She's won the Portia Geach Memorial Award, the Len Fox Painting Award, and has been shortlisted in the Archibald seven times. But we start off this clip with her memories of 2004, when she won $100,000 in the Doug Moran National Portrait Prize. From what I understand, that was the first time you were selected as a finalist in the Doug Moran as well. Yes, I never entered it before. And I only entered it because my friend was driving past, entering, you know, delivering theirs down to Hallam. (laughs) Hallam? You had to deliver it to Hallam. Is that a suburb? Yeah, Yeah, Hallam. And so I just popped my painting in too. No. Really? Yeah, yeah. 
So it was just an off-the-cuff idea. Yeah, it was just off-the-cuff. And um, I'd already shown it in some other show. And but the painting was, by the way, it was called A Fine Romance yes. Number 9, wasn't it? Yep. So it was, it was a figure of a woman. It was like a profile. Yep. She's sitting at a table. And a laptop. Yeah. And I didn't even have a laptop at the time because what I'd done is I'd gone back and I was, I'd gone back and did fiction writing at RMIT. And I, for, so for a year, for a year, about four years, I was doing um, fiction writing because it's another interest I have. Oh. And um, while you were painting at the same time, yeah. So I, I would go there one night a week and do short story and novel, and I absolutely loved it. And I, because I've always read a lot, I've loved read, you know, fiction reading. Yeah. And um, and I was writing, and I, I think it really unleashed. Uh, I think it was the best therapy because I, I think I, I just wrote out all this stuff about my childhood and my... So I think I released a lot of stuff and that painting was like of that, pro, that feeling of just writing because I used to just... I loved it so much. Um, it was a period, very intense period, and it's, it saved me because I think I hit a bit of a wall with my painting and... Um, so then I went to the fiction writing and I really thought, what am I doing with my life? But there was a part of me that I just so enjoyed it that I, I knew I had to do it. And I, so I just went with, and I had, had great teachers yeah. there and it was like this, it's like a secret life. I just, I, if I wasn't a painter, I would be a writer, I think. That's interesting that you, there's like a crossover that you mm. felt like that informed your paintings. Yeah. Yeah. So it sort of unlocked something in yeah. a way, you think? Yeah, because I, in a way, it just forced me to just write it all out, all the stuff and the voices in my head, and I just wrote it all out. And um, it made me kind of feel that I'm okay. It was like I got out all the, it was, it was a release. So then I, when I came back to painting, I just had that little bit of distance, maybe... Yeah. And yeah, it was just something. It's like some, a fresh start. Yeah, in a way. I started again. Mm. I really missed my painting too because I kind of was putting the energy. So then I went back and did um, my masters at Monash. Just going back to the Moran, um, was that how? That must have been a, a huge surprise. Yes, winning that. Yeah, how, what was that experience like? Um. It was really, it was like a shock. I, I, um, and I, I do you want me to be really honest? Because <laughs> I, I actually got sick. I actually developed a, a illness very all during that period. So it was a really tortured time for me because I felt this incredible good fortune and that my fortune had changed and that, and, and it brought a lot of opportunities to me. But at the same time, I had to, my body went, hang on, this is too much. I can't cope. And I had, so I had to really pull back and um, look after myself. So you think it was from the, from all the emotional mm. effects, right? Because I think, uh, I've always, I, yeah, it's just, mm. it's a tumultuous road being an artist. You. Yeah. You kind of hit up against yourself, and you, you know, and how the outside world deals with you, and um, yeah, how you survive all that and manage it, and 
so I feel a lot more grounded now that I've um, and you know I like my dose of good fortune but I also like my dose of just being quiet getting on with my work and whatever will be will be you know mm, and I'm mm. I'm okay with that yeah I'll, yeah it must be it must be hard getting a lot of attention suddenly when you're not expecting it as well yes mm. yes you yeah and people start treating you differently and because mm. you I used to get a lot of patronizing attention and then things kind of started to shift and look I loved having a little bit more power that was and I my teaching change my teaching jobs changed I started getting paid properly I started getting better jobs mm. and um, so my life got a lot easier because I was prior to that I was teaching really low paid jobs mm. a lot and you know it was wearing me out and um, so it made life function that it could function better yeah. um, I had time in the studio and um, mm. well yeah, then you went on to win the Porsche Geach as mm. well and you've been you've been a finalist in the Porsche Geach I think it's something like 13 yeah, times yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, um, that's so sick of me it's, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, which, of course, is a, um, it's a portrait prize as well, the, the Moranza portrait prize as well. Um, and, of course, you've been finalist as well in the Archibald many times. And I just wanted to go on. Actually, I did want to go on to talk about the Archibald um, a little bit because there's one painting in particular I wanted to discuss with you, and that was your 2015 finalist painting, which is called Baby. Yes, I really like that painting. Yeah. It's it, it's um that's a scary painting for me. Is it? Can you? I'll just quickly. I'll just briefly describe it for people who are listening. Um, it's um, it's actually of a close friend of yours. Mm. Um, it's Ursula, my, be my best friend. We've been best friends for like thirty years. Oh right, well, Ursula Dawkins, and yeah. she's a writer. Yes, and she's in this pose where she's looking over a baby, sort of tending to a baby lying on a table. Um, which is sort of covered in a check tablecloth, mm. a very flat surface, which is sort of quite common in your paintings. Mm. And uh, but the point is that I read in the accompanying she writing, have a baby. she doesn't have a baby. No. She's not a mother. No. Can you tell me a bit about that painting? Um, well, it was inspired mostly by going overseas and going to museums and seeing all those incredible Madonnas, you know, early Renaissance Madonnas and crazy oh. paintings, you know, with babies with little teeth and oh, those weird breasts <laughs> with the nipples and little angels. They're just crazy and <laughs> they amazing, are crazy, aren't amazing they? paintings. So yeah. that's what kind of triggered it. I thought, I'm going to... And the other thing is... Um, giving myself the permission to paint a woman with a baby was a real leap for me because you know you think how can I do that I don't have a baby but whatever you know why do I have to own everything I can't you know I the territory is mine if I want it you know it's hard as a woman I think you're not always um you know how to take up territory how to how to t how to uh, allow yourself to, yeah. to to paint a certain subject yes and feel okay about it and um so when I it was so fun to do it I I'd like to do it again but it's just it was such a daunting painting and I just didn't know whether I was going to pull it off because I I didn't want the sentiment I didn't want to make it too 
kind of because I did try and do another one of a woman breastfeeding and I just couldn't do it it was too it went it went into closure it didn't kind of um, open anything up so that painting worked because I think there was a bit of openness about it there was mm. a bit of ambiguity about it and and it's so funny because women came to up to me and said oh you've really caught that eye contact between the mother and the baby and other women came up to me and said you've really caught that horrid kind of <laughs> monstrous woman and, and then other people would come and say the baby's not even smiling it was just Oh, isn't that funny how people deter- interpret it in different ways? Incredibly. I've never, it was just, I wished I could, oh, you know, I could have written them all down. It's like a comedy act. It's just. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this clip. Go to the show notes for a link to the full episode if you're interested in hearing more from Prudence. It really is a good episode. Also, I just wanted to give a shout out for a new New Zealand podcast on the art scene called The Good Oil with Graham Douglas, and he's recording some great interviews with significant New Zealand painters. So if you'd like to add a new podcast to your arts listening, just go to the show notes for a link to that. Also, there is a Talking With Painters newsletter, which I bring out every month or so. So if you'd like to subscribe to that, there's a link to that as well in the show notes. Thanks for listening and I hope you can join me for the next episode in the series When I Won That Art Prize.